0: Hey, listen! Welcome to Hey Listen Gamescast. This is the real episode ninety-four. Uh, we're coming to you guys here. It is May fifteenth, in twenty eighteen. My name is Jeffrey Morris. With me today is the Nathan Wagner.
1: Hey, everybody! I'm glad to be back.
0: <laughs> and of course, joining us over the interwebs is Rob Douglas
2: i'm really kind of surprised jeff normally you don't give the day and the year and all that stuff so now does that make us more official or something
1: yes we're more we official. We are on top of our game today
2: and
0: since we confused everyone <laughs> last week i thought it'd be a good idea um so last week we had some issues uh, recording the show like we normally do, like we're doing right now. So we decided we hey, we, let's you know stream it live on YouTube. You know play some Fortnite while we're playing. So you can check that out on our YouTube channel if uh, you're interested. Uh, just we did have a couple technical difficulties, so it's not a perfect episode, which is why we are officially redoing episode 94 this week. So uh, yeah, if you uh, follow us on Twitter or on YouTube, you can uh, check out some of our the other stuff that we do. But yeah, we are dedicated to bringing you show every week as good as we can (laughs) so here we are as
1: well as possible yes exactly exactly.
0: so uh what are you talking about um so we are going to be talking about our favorite dlc um in fact we're going to be bringing you a top five list the three of us have put our heads together and decided on our top five all-time favorite dlc um or expansion uh in expansions in video games
1: spoiler number one is horse armor from oblivion
2: <laughs> obviously
0: yeah that, the original outrageous uh, de- de- micro transaction right there uh, yeah so that is going to be our main segment today um, that's kind of in honor of uh, destiny's uh, second big DLC uh, coming out this last week I spent a ton of time playing that this week so I'll be giving you impressions there Nathan's going to have a little review for us uh, a nitty review at the end of the show uh, before we do we have news and gosh there's been a lot of rumors this week like, I feel like three season
1: I feel like we could almost do the whole episode just on news and still be fine
0: yeah totally yeah um, pretty much if you listen to all to um, what we kind of recorded last week up on the YouTube we kind of talked about e3 predictions what we thought and like as soon as we like record that like all these like rumors and different things about e3 came out um, the biggest one which broke I think two days ago was Star Fox um, Grand Prix um, so The rumor is Retro Studios, which, as you uh, probably know, is the developer behind the three Metroid Prime games and the two uh, Donkey Kong Country games that came out for the Wii and the Wii U. And all five games, you know, really, really well received by fans and critics alike.
1: Highly reviewed, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, like, this studio, you know, can so far hasn't really made a bad game. And uh, they've been working on a mysterious project for the last four years. We joke, you know, oh, they were just having Funky Kong for four (laughs) years for Switch. But uh, yeah, so we've been waiting for their new game to be revealed. And uh, supposedly, the new game is a Star Fox game, but it's not a normal Star Fox game where you're flying around or... Haven't really an adventure like the other ones. But supposedly the rumor is that it will be a racing game similar to Diddy Kong Racing where you'll be able to race in multiple different vehicles and different levels. There'll be kind of a single-player adventure mode where you explore, fight bosses. But the main gist of the game is, you know, it's a racing game. It's called Star Fox Grand Prix. So like a Star Fox spin-off game by this really, really touted developer is the rumor, which sounds crazy, but, you know, Nintendo has done crazier things, so...
1: Yes, <laughs> well, that's true. Yes. What do you guys think? Uh, so, this isn't quite what I predicted last week on our YouTube stream, Yeah, <laughs> but I did say that if Star Fox needs, wants to be good, they need to take it in a completely new direction, and this is a completely new direction, so I am oh, hey. very intrigued, yeah, to I mean, say the least. Star Fox has never had
0: any racing ever in things, I will say the only time... They've ever hinted at that was on Star Fox Command, which was the DS game, which kind of was the last good Star Fox game. Um, and it had, yeah. its, it had a share of problems, for sure. But um, the cool thing about that game was you there was, I think, 12 different endings in the game. And one of the endings in the game, I remember very specifically, because I'm a huge F-Zero fan, uh, basically like Fox gets humiliated and Falco comes with, comes with this idea of, hey, Fox, let's turn our, our wings into you know race, race cars and let's enter the uh g zero uh grand prix league and they become like famous racers and like it's totally like a parody on f-zero like g zero yes. f-zero right there, f and g are right next to each other in the alphabet and like f-zero even has a character in the f-zero lore that's called james McCloud, which is fox's dad's name he's dressed just like star fox and stuff so like they've kind of made references back and forth to each other but like other than that, like we've never had racing in Star Fox before.
2: So what you're what you're at here in this whole roundabout way is that Captain Falcon is going to be in this Star Fox game, <laughs>
0: dude. I would be down for f F Zero Star Fox crossover, like you know, throw Metroid in there as well. Like have all the Nintendo sci-fi genres crossover and do something cool because you know it's been kind of sad for Nintendo sci-fi uh, you know genres for the last decade or so. Um, but yeah, I when I first heard this, I just got kind of upset because I'm like, if they make a F-Zero-like racing game that's not F-Zero and they just throw Star Fox in there for some reason, like, I think that is not cool. Like, I want an F-Zero game. I don't want Star Fox to be an F-Zero game. But at the same time, Retro Studios is probably going to do an amazing job no matter what game they're working on. So I'd be excited to see it still. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is definitely an interesting, interesting I think rumor. it's a...
1: Uh... It just seems like they're pouring salt in the wound of people like you, Jeff, who really want a new F-Zero, because if they released an F-Zero game like two years ago or something like that, you'd be like, oh yeah, fine, I'm totally interested, but since they haven't done anything like that since 2003 or whatever it is... 2004
0: was the last main F-Zero Okay, so
1: 14 years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Rob, I know... Thank you. Do you have any thoughts? I know Star Fox 64 is widely regarded as the best... Best Star Fox game, and we know how yes. you feel about the Fit sixty four. It, so. it is. I I did play a
2: little bit or a lot of it, the Star Fox sixty four game. I haven't played any of the other real Star Fox games in the series, so this intrigues me in the sense that it's different, but at the same time, you know, if they're trying to play off of the Diddy Kong formula and make it something kind of along those lines, or maybe they're trying to do their own thing with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I'm not. I'm not hopeful.
0: One of my predictions was Diddy Kong Racing 2 at E3. Yeah. So like, this is kind of what I hope for, but not it's at just, all the same. I think this it's
1: like it's going to turn point. out. It's going to turn out to what you want it to be. It'll just be a, in yeah. a little bit of a different skin. And so, like,
0: you know, skeptical as as much as I'd rather have F Zero, like I will totally buy this game. Like, yeah. I own every Star Fox game. I'm a huge Star Fox fan. And like, I have like three like futuristic like F Zero like racers like on PS4 and Switch and stuff like that. Like. I love that genre. I'll totally and Just, if Nintendo makes a futuristic racetrack, it's not F-Zero. It's kind of like, why? Yeah. So. No,
1: I totally understand.
0: But, anyways. Next well, rumor. We'll
1: see. Nintendo can't uh, stop the leaks, apparently. Yeah.
0: There's another Nintendo leak. Uh, it's kind of been brewing up this last week. There's been kind of multiple sources that have all kind of um, made leaks about the new Pokemon game, which... Um, most part, you know, new Pokemon games don't really get revealed, you know, get leaked. I know new Pokemon, like, that are being added to game, you know, new legendaries sometimes get leaked and stuff, but, um, yeah, supposedly. Uh, the new Pokemon game is going to be called Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Let's Go
1: Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. So it'll have two different versions, like always. Um, Which
2: is the dumbest names ever. <laughs> yes, exactly. I really I hope mean, that's, that's not the final side. name.
1: There's even, like, uh, like, a logo floating around the internet. Yeah. And people have been pointing to, like, uh, Pokemon directors in the last couple Pokemon videos they've released were holding, like, Pikachu and Eevee and stuff like that. So oh, really? Like, I didn't yeah, know that. Exactly. So they're like, oh, they were hinting at this whole thing.
0: I mean, those are two of the most popular Pokemon,
1: so, like... Yeah, exactly. Makes, like, makes normally you would so. think, like, oh, no, like, that's just normal. But that's what people are saying. Anyways. I, yeah, well,
2: this is kind of an interesting rumor. And you were you were saying earlier, Nathan, that it kind of takes
1: place in the same place as Yellow. Yeah, yeah so the, the rumor is that it takes place in Ye- or in Kanto, excuse me. And it's basically almost like a remake or a reimagining of Yellow, where your character interacts with the characters of Red and Blue from... Um, the original Game Boy Color games, Red and Blue, mm-hmm. and then you will have Pokemon follow you around, just like in Pokemon Yellow. So,
0: mm-hmm. um, be like a modern Pokemon game, but exactly. kind of set in that original world yeah. with lots of nostalgia. Lots of nostalgia. It'll have some
1: kind of interact activity with the Pokemon Go phone app and stuff like that. Like okay. no one really knows what that is, but something like I mean, that.
0: They're totally gonna th- put in like the. The swipe to throw pokeballs, right? Yeah, like the touch that's screen.
1: that's that was one of the things. Is swipe to throw pokeballs was, like using the touch That was so much fun. That was one of the
0: best best uh, feelings of playing Pokemon.
1: Yeah, Go. for sure. So, I this actually kind of makes me really excited because what I said last week was I really wanted the new Pokemon game to be like set in Kano and be like a remake <laughs> of Red and Blue or something like that. So this sounds like it's getting pretty close to that. So I am very curious, but I'm taking all of this with a huge grain of salt because, yeah. <laughs> like. There's been a lot of rumors, but none of this is confirmed or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, the rumor also stated that the games would be revealed later this month before E3. Oh wow! So, well, Pokemon we'll kind see. of does have its own kind of yeah. They usually like to then, do their so. own thing. They don't usually yeah. use E3 too much. So.
0: Um, quick question for you, Nathan. Since you're more of a Pokemon master than I am, um, have they ever launched like a Pokemon game on a system uh, like a main Pokemon game that hasn't been like a remake? I guess. You know, I'm thinking of, you know, when they launched Pokemon on the 3DS, you know, it was X and Y, a whole new generation. Like, would this be, like, the first time they've really launched a ma- new mainline game that's not been um, a new generation? Do you know? That or, hasn't been, like, a or new is generation. Is that the trend?
1: Yeah, I think, gosh. I've, I'm a little hazy in the middle of Pokemon because I stopped playing for a while, but as far as I know, like.
0: like usually they usually launch they on the new system. They with launch, the new gen, when they right? launch yeah. on the
1: new system, yeah, they launch with the new gen, so, like. After the three DS already come out, they've released Pokemon Black and White two, but mm-hmm. those were still on the old Nintendo DS systems and yeah. stuff like that. And that's that's also because the Game Freak, the Pokemon company, likes to make games where there's a lot of systems sold. <laughs> a big install, yeah, base, yeah where maybe. there's a huge install <laughs> base. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So.
0: I mean those games This so will
1: probably be the universe, earliest a so. Pokemon game comes out within the lifespan of a Nintendo system. Yeah, for sure. Well, that yeah.
2: probably is a testimony to how well the Switch is just done in general. So yeah. that does make sense. I mean,
0: they announced it last year in E3 by just saying, "We are now making Pokemon for Switch. Please be excited. Thank you." Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, nothing exactly. There. So,
1: yeah. I do think like people should The other thing is people about this rumor is people are like People should put their expectations in check. Like this isn't going to be the huge, grand reimagining of Pokemon that basically Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. formulas Pokemon and Switch. I mean, yeah, if it's a up. remake, it's going to be as pretty, much, of, yeah, as much simple. as people are hoping. So.
0: I mean, it'll be awesome. I'll probably get it, but uh, definitely not a whole new like
1: gen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So.
0: Anyways, uh, next news piece: uh, Rage Two. Is a real game apparently. <laughs> uh, we got some uh, new trailers and some gameplay uh, today and yesterday. And this is made by Bethesda, right?
1: Yeah. So it's yep. being published by Bethesda. Oh, okay. Developed by Av- co-developed by Avalanche Studios and ID Software. ID Software did the new Doom that yeah, came out a couple years I love ago. That game. Yeah. And then Avalanche Studios um, the games they're famous for working on is just cause Just Cause series, and then also um,
0: the new Mad Max game. Yeah, the new
1: Mad Max mm-hmm. game. Which oh, okay, cool. Kind of makes a lot of sense because if you watched either the reveal trailer or the gameplay trailer, like it looks very similar to like yeah. the world looks very similar it's like to the Mad
0: Max apocalyptic
2: open world type. Like exactly, game. you're driving and around it's in super cars, violent. Like yes, if you I watched the gameplay trailer and oh my gosh, it was well just, just like. It felt like the there were some comparisons to the Borderlands 2 trailer, where it was just like, explosion, everybody is dying, shoot this person with a shotgun, here's, you know, or like how the Doom trailers did.
0: Yeah, that's and, what it reminded me of, is like Doom, know, like that original, you know, that the Doom game is totally, you know, ultra ultra crazy with violence and action and stuff, so it's kind of taking that and putting it into more of a yeah. open world, kind of like Just Cause or Mad Max, yeah. which... Did On either, paper, it did, sounds like a good idea.
1: Yeah. Did either of you guys even play the original Rage game or anything I like that? No. Rob, no. I, have, I didn't no. either. I remember like it being a big thing at E3 one year, but it came out in 2011. I think it came out to kind of mixed reviews, Like, had some cool ideas, but didn't really off is planned, and mm-hmm. I don't know how. It's well kind of it surprising. That it's doing a very sequel. surprising that they're doing a sequel. Yeah, exactly.
2: So I think it was a fan favorite. I think it was like one of those games where maybe it didn't have the necessarily the greatest critical reception uh uh-huh. but a lot of it was a very fan loved game yeah. and so the fact that a second one's coming out doesn't totally surprise me i just want to say you know last week maybe you couldn't hear because on the youtube apparently my mic is totally <laughs> muted yes but this was this kind of was one of my predictions with that the seda would come out with a another triple a title yes yeah and so this is before e3 but yeah. i'm kind of feeling i'm feeling good
1: yeah, and they, the surprising thing for me is they announced this, um, but it's not coming. Out. they already announced it's not coming out until 2019. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, and they usually like to be like, hey, we're announcing this game, and it's out this fall or something like yeah, sure. So, Yeah, and I think it was actually. Announcement. So I guess we'll wait. There were some more. rumors
2: that kind of leaked about it, but it also sounded like they were planning on announcing this before that.
1: Yeah, they played into it really hard, cool, with like a bunch of teaser images and stuff yeah. like that.
2: Yeah. Well.
0: We told you guys a few weeks ago about a new Battle Royale game called Radical Heights, made by Boss Key Productions, which is Cliff Buzinski's, uh studio. And we told you, yeah, we'd update you, you know, see if the game gets better or, you know, what what happens next. And,
1: it was a very well, rough state, early access. Yeah, it's very game. rough
0: uh, Fortnite-like uh, Battle Royale game. And the studio has officially folded and is shutting down... Um, as of this week. So, like, obviously... So, hopefully you didn't, didn't spend too well. much
1: money on microtransactions. Yeah. So. And, and they,
0: you know, he said that the servers will stay up for the meantime for... For, <laughs> for the, a little while, yeah. For a little least. while. So, if you if you like that game, you have a ticking clock uh, to enjoy that. But, yeah, I mean, they pretty much just made Lawbreakers, which, you know, didn't do well. And then they tried to kind of save the studio, but it was too late with Radical Heights. And so, I mean, it's kind of sad. I, I really like Cliff Buzinski. I think he's been a pretty good influence for the... Um, industry as a total, like the gears, he's a
1: really interesting figure just like to talk to, like, he's really, I yeah, feel like he he's pretty really honest. <laughs> he does really good interviews. He's really honest about kind of the projects he's worked on and stuff like that. So he's just a really interesting guy.
0: Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, those, the Gears of War games, like I love those, like Gears 2 and Gears 3. I mean, you guys know, we played all the time in college with the horde yeah, mode and stuff. Yeah, super fun. That kicked off, you know, horde modes being in pretty much every game since then, so, that's true. Um, yeah, so he said he's going to be taking a break, you know, doing some other stuff. You know, hopefully he comes back in a few years with, you know, joining a new studio or somewhere. And
2: I wonder I wonder that. if it was just because they were pretty much already doomed before they even tried to start this and just trying to compete in a world where Fortnite and PUBG are kind of the... Mm-hmm. the and there's actually a couple of other uh, big Battle Royale games that, are, that have kind of come out in the last few weeks that are also doing really popular. I wonder if it was just... Too little, too late, and just kind of
0: I mean, not it, enough. It had to have been at yeah. yeah. first. Like they were working on that game for a long time. They what worked a, on
1: the game for like three years. It was a very and then, big budget yeah. game. They and spe- it, it, flops, it looked really cool, and then it flopped very hard, very quickly. When like, you're a
0: small studio, and your one game yeah, flops that hard, exactly. you lose that much money. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah. you're totally right. I believe they did say like they were like, "Hey, we're going to try and jump in on this battle royale genre and." they weren't able to make enough money off of that too. It's
2: survive. a hard genre to, I mean, especially kind of the niches that are already out there, to get something that's different enough while still mm-hmm. feeling familiar, and that's that's a hard balance. Yeah, so. and I,
1: th- I think the Radical Heights was interesting, but I think it was just so rough and wasn't polished enough mm-hmm. to really be able to compete yeah. with something like Fortnite or yeah. something along those lines.
0: So, yeah, I mean, you can check out Cliffy B's uh, Twitter. He posted some Concept art of a couple other game ideas he had floating around that all looked actually really cool. There was like a crazy feudal Japan dragon fighting game. There was like a kind of a Mario Kart VR game with animals and this crazy like giant mech game where you're working together as teams. And concept arts for those games looked really cool. But you know, I guess you know we probably won't see those ideas happen anytime soon. But you know, a couple years maybe we'll we'll see him pop up again.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't Um, think he's going away.
0: Yeah, he'll be back. I'm so our next news piece. All of you old-school uh, Nintendo gamers can rejoice. The NES Classic is officially back in stores on June 29th. Remember uh, last year when we reported that they were not going to continue making them, and you know, so many people weren't able to ever find them in stock? Well, Nintendo has finally realized, yeah, we should make more stock of those. And they did, yeah. and they're going to be in stock next month. And they said through the end of the year, they're going to keep supplying NES Classics as well as Super Nintendo Classics. And so... Um, the Super Nintendo Classic, I know, has sold over 4 or 5 million uh, units, which is yeah. huge. Um, and the NES didn't sell quite that much, but it was just because they didn't there wasn't as, to be a There wasn't nearly as much so stock. They didn't make uh, as many. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so this can, is
2: cool. Here's my theory. They're keeping these both in stock not just because of fan demand. I think they're amping up for their next classic. <laughs> not like, I can't Nazi wait can't until July when they've released
1: the <laughs> N64 Classic. My dream come
0: true. They will never do it because those controllers cannot fit into a cute tiny box.
2: That's
1: true. you
0: can't justify a stupid controller like that in 2018.
2: They'll make them like the Joy-Cons that can come apart. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That
0: would would actually be kind of cool.
2: That would be crazy. There
1: you go. I mean,
0: there's a reason why, like, the NES, like controller is like an icon you know and you see it on shirts and hats and stuff like your phone literally it's, has
1: a case of it yeah i have
0: like an, an NES, nes controller phone case but like you're you don't see the n64 controller on anything like people don't remember that controller fondly yeah but uh we'll have to wait and we'll see. see we'll see rob rob can keep on dreaming
1: you can get your I'm, nes classic that you've been dying for rob. yeah i mean <laughs> I know, it's only, I only
0: 60 bucks got 30 games on there um, I have
1: thought about cool, it,
2: simply cool because season. there's a lot of games on there that I haven't played. Play, buying both of these, the NES and the SNES, mm-hmm. I've played some of the games, so not all of them. I have thought, like, oh, hey, maybe I should pick it up. But then I kind of look at the price tag and go, I'm really bad at buying games at full price, so I don't really <laughs>
1: <No>? <laughs> but Rob, these are only, like, two bucks when you think about it. Yeah, and you get a yeah. adorable little system. You too. love deals. They <laughs> <do> love deals. <laughs> the presentation oh, of
0: those systems is really good. You get save states and true. stuff like that. Very, very well put together. Like They're not like the crappy like Atari and Genesis little throwback they systems are. that are you know, quick cash-ins. They, they do a great yeah. job. So. It's okay, Rob. I'll, I'll keep recommend. holding
1: out hope for the N64 Classic with you. All right. I appreciate that. So we're going a little
0: long here on the news, but our next one has to do with some legal action that has been taken against Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, and a few other electronic companies. And um, the FTC apparently has said, yeah, you know how you guys void warranties for your systems... When uh, you know people tamper with the systems themselves or have someone else repair them, uh, well, that's kind of illegal, and you can't do that anymore. Um, and so, this apparently is going to be changing. Microsoft has already, or Sony has already changed their policies, right, Rob? Yeah. Um So, yeah. what what do you think is going to come from
2: this? Um... I don't know. At this point, it's kind of an interesting argument because what they are fighting against is kind of more the legal wording on things and just saying, you know, because obviously if you take your console to a a third party repair guy and they don't, you you have them fix it, you've voided your warranty. Mm -hmm. You can no longer send it into Microsoft. But that, that doesn't make any sense considering, you know, there's so many companies that are built on the idea of cheaply fixing your consoles and stuff. So, really I think what this is what's really going to come out of this is more of just a changing in in the stickers that they put on their phones and consoles and everything. I don't I don't really see a whole lot of big stuff coming out of it, more gotcha. than just the wording. I mean,
0: I know most systems, you know, you got if you send it in within, you know, a year or two, you usually get it repaired for yeah. free. I've had that happen with Nintendo. Um and even Xbox, when I originally got the Red Ring and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I haven't really had too many issues in this in this current gen, but who knows? I, I, think, it's, I think it's
1: good overall, yeah, right? I think I think it's good. Freezes I, I think it more. honestly probably won't end up affecting you as much as you might think. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
2: there, I at first I kind of thought maybe they would go out there, and if you have had your, a third party work on your console, that you'd get some money back, but... I don't think that's going to happen. The more I think about
1: unless, it, unless like they hold a gun to all these companies' heads, they they're not going to give away money for free. So.
2: And basically, all Sony did to fix it is they just changed the wording yeah. on their warranty and mm-hmm. said, okay. "Oh, now you can go to third parties and you don't void your warranty, mm-hmm. or you that's can cool. open the case and it doesn't void mm-hmm. third parties or all right. void well, warranty." Well,
0: our last news piece here today is kind of a big one. I know Rob, you're excited about this one. Um, I love Steam it. games are coming to iOS and Android through a free Steam Link. Uh, like app, so I mean, is this just pretty much you can outplay any Steam game you have via streaming on your on your phone?
2: Yeah, that's the key word, streaming. So it is very much like the the Steam Link boxes that it already existed that you can pick up. I think for about forty bucks. Um, and essentially, what the Steam Link does is it allows you to play your games on your TV using yeah. like your controllers or stuff like that on a bigger screen. It is. Essentially, just taking what your computer's operating power and system uh, requirements already are, and just streaming it onto your TV, and that's what it sounds like it's going to do. So you still will have to rely on your computer's uh, already your computer set still has to be plugged in. And your stuff your like computer that. still is the main. Yeah, it's the main. It's the main console that you're running off of. You're just able to stream it to your phone. And the the one interesting thing is this. Steam, the Steam Link box actually uses uh, Ethernet cables. Mm-hmm. But you can't, obviously, you can't do that with your phone.
0: Yeah, so it's through um, Wi Fi, hopefully. So, internet, connection. internet,
2: or like Bluetooth or something, depending on how they want to do that. And then the other question is what are you going to do for controllers? Because not all games are very touchscreen friendly.
1: Yeah, especially on Steam.
2: So, there's some interesting questions that have come out of this, but they're offering it for free. I think it's a cool idea, but we'll see. We don't really know a lot of details on how it's going to work just yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be pretty big if they implement it well.
1: I think there'll be some big news because I saw Valve change their logo today. So I think they're mm-hmm. kind of reorienting their cool. company and there'll be a lot of new stuff coming
2: out. And they did buy out a couple of companies that are, you know, and do a yeah. couple of changes, and now they're making games again. So Valve's obviously working on some big stuff, and hopefully we'll see some of this at E3. Yeah.
0: All right, well, that ends our news segment, which means we are moving now into our main segment today, which is the Games Cast Top 5 Video Game DLC Packs. So we are going to go ahead and kick things off with 2015 uh, Destiny the Taken King. Um, this is the third expansion for the original Destiny game. And um, I know this was the expansion... I was already playing destiny a lot, but this was the expansion that made me like into more of a hardcore destiny player, I guess. Like I really started playing destiny a lot when this expansion came out and more than doubled the amount of like content in the game more than doubled the amount of like loot. And it basically like increased everything and reworked everything in destiny. So a lot of confusing systems went away, um, made things much more streamlined and easier to understand. It had a new storyline that actually made sense and followed a narrative and had a cool villain and then followed up with a, really really um awesome raid encounter that was against that same villain and this was really basically a full relaunch of destiny because destiny got terrible review scores when it first came out like sixes maybe a seven um and this when taking king came out got all like nine out of ten like really really high positive scores and i know taking king was kind of where you really got into destiny as well is that right nathan
1: yeah that's right so i i Got the original Destiny when I got my PS4, I think a couple months before Taken King came out. Played through the campaign, had no idea what was going on, (laughs) and was like, okay, that was fun. I think I'm kind of done. And then Taken King came out. I didn't buy it at launch, Um, and then you and a couple other friends were playing it and were like, dude, this really improves the game. You need to get it. And I saw really good reviews, so I was like, okay. So, took the plunge, got the whole new Taken King Destiny expansion with all the bundle and everything like that. And... Was like, oh my gosh, this makes the game really, really fun to play. Like, there was tons of things to do. The exotic quests were awesome. Like, that's probably the, my favorite part of the mm-hmm. original Destiny was just all the exotic quests that um, the Taken King added in, and it just it added so it made the game feel fully fleshed out instead yeah. of kind of like a oh, this is still feels a little bit like a beta, like the yes for sure. Yeah, first year I felt like G1 the first
0: like, real like this is what Destiny was meant to be type yes. thing. And it also introduced secrets into the Destiny world. So, like, there was so many um, secret weapons that weren't even found till like, months after the DLC came out that were, like, hidden off and side-passed on certain missions that only were available at certain times. So, like, there was so many cool different little secrets and um, things to do in that game that just unlocked so Yeah, many, and like, different
1: pathways. steps. Like, that was the coolest thing about it is it really got you into the Destiny community because everyone was kind of collaborating to be like, yeah. hey, this, oh, this is, we figured out how to do the next... Quest step. This is what you need to do. And then people would be like, oh, I've already done this before. I'll show you how it works and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's so- a mm-hmm. lot,
0: lot of helping each other out, which wh- that was my favorite era of Destiny because I had so many friends playing and we all were helping each other out and like, oh, have you done this part? Like, oh, even though I've already done it, I'll, t- I'll take you through it as well. I remember Nathan, you immediately do no time to explain quests. And it was just a awesome time going through and figuring out things on our own and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, Taken King really made Destiny the big. IPA, I guess in a way, it kind of almost saved Destiny. Yeah, like, it saved
1: Destiny, yeah. and then yeah. sent, when they relaunched Destiny 2, pretty much everyone was like, why did you take away all the things that Taken King yeah. brought that made yep. Destiny a really fun game to play?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mm-hmm. still haven't finished all the content in Taken King, and I've put over, like, 500 hours in the original Destiny, so um, definitely definitely deserves a spot in our Top 5 DLC. Um, Alright, Nathan, I'll let you go and pick our next one on our list here. Ooh. So, our second...
1: Uh, our second one I will pick is uh, the Mario Kart 8 DLC. And this launched in 2014. I think the end of 2014. Yeah. It went into 2015. And There's it went two into 2015. It was like yeah, a season exactly pass. So basically, this was the first um, DLC that I remember being a really big deal for Nintendo. Like Before that, I think they'd done some smaller stuff with some smaller games. But this mm-hmm. was the first time they really went hard into DLC and were like, yes, we're going to do it. Um, and so basically what it did was it was... 16 new tracks i believe and the game already had 32 tracks mm-hmm. so it like was like a quarter or 50 percent more um adding to the game and then it also brought in like a bunch of new characters it brought in um nintendo characters that had never been in mario kart before like the Splatoon kids and Link and uh, Isabelle from Animal Crossing and Villager and stuff like that. Well, the Splatoon mm. kids were added in with the Splatoon Oh, I'm oh, right. sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, you're, it did, you're totally Link right. Link and the uh, Animal Crossing characters Link, Animal others. Crossing characters yeah. um, a couple Didn't of those this people. also
2: add in the Mercedes
1: thing? Um, that was a free <laughs> that, was, that was actually a separate free DLC thing that Nintendo oh, okay. did a cross promotion with yeah, yeah. Mercedes. That came out before this DLC. But there was some new yeah.
0: vehicles and some other things, but I think yeah. the main thing is really the tracks, because that's What Mario Kart's about, right? Racing all the different levels. And if you remember, like, Rob, like, Mario Kart 64 and most Mario Kart games, before Mario Kart 8, like, only had 16 levels in them. Like, that was a normal Mario Kart game was 12 to 16 levels. And they literally added in 16, like, all-new gorgeous levels. Some of them were, like, fan favorites that they brought back, like Baby Mm -hmm. Park and stuff. They expanded into other Nintendo worlds. They even had, like, 2F0 tracks that were really cool. And so, yeah, this.
2: Well, it spanned all sorts of eras, like and systems for Mario Kart, because it brought yeah. tracks from like the 3DS and the uh, the super or the original Mario Kart and 64, and like all these different Mario Karts brought them in to it and made and it. They,
0: and they weren't like quick cash imports; like they completely remade. They like, the Game Boy like, Advance. Yeah, ones. the Game Boy Advance ones
1: they looked zero zero like it at all. Yeah, so yeah. totally
0: reimagined so many cool things. Well,
1: and I think the best thing about this was you could buy the season pass, which gave you both packs for $15, which was like an insane value for how much content mm-hmm. you got. It's like and less even than a dollar per them, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even if you bought them individually, I think it was only $10 back. So you still paid, yeah. I think $20 was still a really fair price for what it gave you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the best value DLCs I think I've ever bought for sure. <laughs>
1: yes. Definitely <laughs> yeah.
0: well, well worth the, uh, worth the price there. Um, so yeah, that was the, uh, Mario Kart 8 DLC, um, came originally for the Wii U. Uh,
1: yeah, so there's one one good thing about the Wii U, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got all that DLC, but with you know Inklings and some new stuff for the uh, Switch version. Yes.
1: Um, See, I Splatoon. already like am mixing the Switch version, because I was yeah. like, oh yeah, the Splatoon kids were in there, but the, they weren't.
0: Yeah. Nope. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Raul, you go ahead and pick our next one on our list here.
2: All right. So, I'm going to have to say this is probably my favorite one on this list. All right. Um, Age of Empires 2 the conquerors expansion yes uh this came out for uh age of empires II: the kings uh came out in 2000 or in 1999 and this came out in 2000
0: yep a year year later just just a year following
2: and this just completely made the game like a hundred times better than it already was (laughs) a hundred times better why because, you know, it added some new civilizations, it added some new campaigns, which uh, some of the campaigns, particularly the Battle of the Conquerors, which had a whole bunch of, like, individual historic events and stuff, like, mm. you can play as Eric the Red, or, um... Genghis you know, Khan. Genghis Khan, like, all these different things, and it just... Well, Genghis Khan was already in there. Yeah. You got to play as Attila the Hun. <laughs>
1: oh, that's right.
2: Yeah, you. it had Attila the Hun, El Cid, um... The uh, Montezuma, and it just made some very needed mechanics tweaks to kind of make it
1: well, like just little... balance the game a lot. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the civilizations that they added in, they kind of realized like, oh my gosh, some of these civilizations they put in the original game, they're kind of really overpowered in this one area, and so. Adding in these new civilizations really were like, oh, this is counter a really good counter. Things. Yeah, exactly to to that thing. So it, it did yeah. a really good job of tweaking. And obviously back then, like they couldn't really patch anything or anything yeah. like that. And so this was a way that they added on. But it, the reason I want to talk about it too is just because like this is a really early example of like not technically DLC, but like expansion and mm-hmm. adding I mean, content. This was in the eighteen game that,
0: years ago. Like this wasn't a normal exactly practice,
1: exactly. This wasn't a normal practice. Um, they did a really really great job with it. And uh it's the first it was the first DLC or expansion that I could think of that I ever played. So Yeah, I think yeah, that's the same for a lot I, of people.
2: I'm this is still one of the most highly popular expansions that's still played.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well the thing is when I think of Age of Empires too I don't think I've ever met someone who didn't have this expansion. Like that's yeah, like almost, how like good this expansion I, was. When I
1: got the game, I didn't get it originally when it came out. Like I came, it came with the Conquerors expansion. Mm-hmm. It was just like yeah. kind of part of the main game.
0: Yeah. So the way they so, just yeah, that's, totally that's just reinvented it. the game and added in all these great new things and just made that it just took what made the original game great and just made everything else so much like better and more fun. Exactly. In exactly. uh, a better overall game, which. You know, is what you kind of want from most DLCs. That's ultimately the goal of
1: any DLC or expansion
0: pack. But uh, our next uh, pick here on our list, our fourth uh, top DLC, um, is actually kind of the opposite. Um, This came out in 2010, and this is the Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare on DLC. And the crazy thing about this DLC is it didn't make Red Dead Redemption better as a whole game. It did not touch the main game of Red Dead at all, the main campaign, Mm -hmm. tweak any gameplay or update anything. It added a completely different side um, campaign that wasn't basically an alternate timeline, didn't really have anything to do with the main um, story, and basically said, you know, hey, what if we made this entire world infested with, you know, zombies coming out of the ground, and, you know, you are now trying to find a cure for this, and fighting off waves of undead, and fighting different crazy mythical horses, (laughs) and, like, it totally changed the, the tone, the gameplay, like, everything about Red Dead totally changed and it. it made it totally different, but it made it really, really awesome. Like It, it worked, which I think well, a, lot it, it kept a lot of
2: people were surprised. It kept a lot of the main characters from the main story and yeah. just put them into the zombie apocalypse. So Suddenly you're dealing with the exact same characters where they were dirtbags or really fun, cool characters. and Now you're dealing with them in a zombie apocalypse. You get to see them do, doing, yeah, that, and doing and that and doing that. It also added probably one of the most famous Red Dead Redemption quests in existence, which was bigfoot
1: yes <laughs> tracking down the wait you had beasts. to pack foot track down a zombie bigfoot
2: <laughs> no it was a real bigfoot there was a whole bunch of bigfoots and you had to kill them and as you went and killed them the last part of the quest is uh, this is spoiler this game came out eight years ago i feel like we can spoil it <laughs> uh, it's, it's the last part of the quest is you it's find okay. the last sasquatch alive and he's just telling you that they eat berries. They don't, they're not carnivores, carnivores. They don't eat humans. <laughs> and you just went and killed all of his family members. So either you could mercy kill him, so that you don't, so that he, because he's the last of his kind, yeah. or you could leave him to die alone.
1: <laughs> Wait, it didn't end with him running towards the Pacific Northwest and you being like, ah. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> that would
0: have been good ending too. I mean, <laughs> That's awesome. says, You could <laughs> you
1: say you it. Could say <laughs> yeah, that
0: they literally added like four like horsemen of like the apocalypse too from like the Book of Revelation and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Just like, and this was crazy. This was stuff. like
1: I was looking it up earlier. I think it was only like ten dollars when it launched or yeah, something it, like that. It was really, it was really, really priced. competitively priced as well. And it also I actually, launched I as, as bought a, this one
2: together with. Uh Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, yeah they released it as a double, double pack, pack later.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's the version I own too. I got the double pack on PSN. And the cool thing is they also released this as a standalone. So like if you maybe were interested in Red Dead but you weren't sure, you know, if you wanted to, you know, buy the full game, you could say, Hey, I'll spend ten dollars, you know, get this standalone disc and try it out. And this was just really a result of Rockstar really wanting to make some type of zombie game and you know, when you think, Oh, you know, throw zombies in, you like that doesn't sound like a good idea, but they really fleshed it out and, and made it made it work, and it also added in a whole new multiplayer mode as well, with like fighting off hordes of zombies and co-op, and um, so it wasn't you know just a single player as well. There was a lot, a lot to do in there as well. So I think it was just a really good example of you know taking a really fun idea and you know putting it in that world, but you know changing changing the game with this expansion and going a
1: different mm-hmm. route, which is pretty cool. You don't see that as often. No, that's like, always no. interesting when they take something and flip it on its head.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I- and there were many examples of that, and this is probably the best still today.
0: Yeah, no, it, it was very highly received, like, it, people still still play it. Like, you can play it on Xbox One, like, they put it backwards compatible, everyone was like, yes, I can play on Dead Red Nightmare again, so, yeah, people still love it. Um, so our last uh, top DLC um, is from 2014 indie game, uh, Shovel Knight, and uh, Shovel Knight originally launched in 2014, and it launched at $15.00. And up until about a year ago, that game still only costed $15. uh, Uh, But they upped the price when they launched it on the Switch with the uh, second big DLC uh, to $25. Uh, But the the crazy thing is is if you've bought Shovel Knight before they raised the price last March, is you get all of these expansions uh, for free. And they basically have three giant single-player expansions. So 2015 saw Shadow of Plague, where you played as Plague Knight, And the levels were pretty much the same as the original campaign, but if you've played Plague Knight at all, you know that he moves totally different than the normal platforming. Um, So it's very, very challenging. Totally different game, totally. And 2017, last year, on Switch launch, they put out Specter of Torment, which was completely all new levels. You know, you played uh, Specter Knight, new weapons, everything. And then next year, there's another one coming, or this year, um, which is called the King of Cards, and Basically I did poked around the rough side a little bit and all three of these expansions were Kickstarter stretch goals. And so yeah. like, you know, you know, this game is really kickstarted, and hey, you know, give us a little more money, why we'll add in these extra campaigns. That'd be a fun bonus. Originally they budgeted <coughs> Excuse me. Originally they budgeted for forty thousand dollars for these expansions. And just the second expansion cost them over one point five million of like development time. So like you could see the scope like that they went with was much larger than they expected.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You, I feel like you don't see that a lot in DLCs. So, like they'll try to hit a deadline and put out a short not as good expansion, you know, kind of like Destiny or something rather than like you know, <laughs> really take their time and go go all in and wait for it to be perfect.
1: Yeah. Know? I I a little I'm a little conflicted on choosing this because yes, I think it's awesome what they've done and how they've continually updated this game and added new things and given people who paid fifteen dollars free things um but i read blood sweat and pixels which is jason schreier's book and there was a chapter on shovel knight and like basically interviewing them he said they said yeah we have basically lost so much money because Hmm. we made this game and we committed to doing these dlc packs and taken way more time and way more money than we thought they would and so while it's awesome that they're doing that like the developers themselves have just lost out on a lot just because it's have um, expanded in scope so much and taken sure, a lot more, yeah. more than I thought. No, it's yeah. a, so,
0: I think what's one think reason it's it a, kind of stands out because it seems like it's kind of it's crazy. You get this much like content, yeah. for an indie game for fifteen bucks yeah. or whatever, which yeah, exactly. you know, is now twenty five. But they they also said uh, recently that the Switch version is the one they've made the most money on. Like that's not their highest sales, but since you know they've raised the price up since yeah. then. It's been a lot more profitable since then. They've almost broke even with Specter of Torment. But yeah, I'm just like, man, just put King of Cards out. You've been previewing it for like over a year. And mm-hmm. it you know, it still doesn't have a release date. And they're, also they're adding doing in a whole card game King, mode to it.
1: Well, King of Cards is a card game mode. Isn't it also like King Knight? Yeah, no, a it's card? a
0: full campaign as King yes. Knight. Yeah. So all new yeah. levels, weapons, everything. And then, everything. A, and then well. a full-fledged card game in there. They're also adding a four-player battle that's mode. A lot. Yeah. They've added in like platform exclusive DLC with, like, Kratos on the PlayStation 1. You can fight the Battletoads and do a Battletoads level on, you know, Xbox. You know there's doing? cool amiibo stuff on the Nintendo one. Like, there's all these challenges that they added in as well. Like, they just have made this game into, like, a very finely crafted, like, gem. Yes. They just yes. haven't, haven't put it away yet.
2: I think I think what's probably happening is they're they're holding off on it because they're adding a battle royale mode. <laughs> knight, I, I was gonna royale. say
1: I think they're they've made all these games so they can make a shovel knight movie universe cinematic universe <laughs> yeah. and they can add all these different things and hopefully make their money yeah. back that way. Well, he is. true. He's been kind of a he's, champion
0: of indies. Like he's crossed over in a lot of
1: games. He's he's crossed over in a lot
2: of them. I mean, Yooka Laylee was a big one, but he's also been in several fighting games and just all across the board. He's he's. This is a cool franchise yep. that they have built,
1: I'm, and I'm excited to, to see. It,
0: it is yes. awesome. Yeah, I'm excited I, to see what's next. Like, yeah, that's what, what I'm interested to see because, like, up. um,
1: I enjoyed Shovel Knight, but it wasn't exactly my type of game. So I'm curious to see what they do after Shovel Knight because they must be. I imagine they're like so tired of working on that universe and that mm-hmm. character, and they they. Have I'm calling it. I'm calling a reboot their, like God like, of War. <laughs> They're just going to reboot Shovel Knight. He runs around going, boy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be funny.
2: Um, and just so you guys know, this is our personal favorites, um, yes. for personal top five. If you guys are interested in sharing your top five or maybe your top DLC that you've played, I know uh, some people were interacting with us on Twitter, but yeah, if we you saw have any more, of hit them us already.
1: up. For sure, like a bunch of bunch of people bunch like of the Mass Effect one, yeah, yeah. RPG Mass DLC, DLC. <laughs> yeah, Witcher of, three, Blood uh, and Wine, couple Blood and Wine, yes. Yeah. So, if you have any more,
2: hit us up on our Twitter at HeyListen underscore Games and yep. let us know what is your favorite DLC of yep. all time.
0: So, Destiny: The Taking King, uh, Shovel Knight, um, Treasure Trove, Mario Kart Eight DLC, Age of Empires 2, The Conquerors, and Undead Nightmare are uh, the top five DLC games that we enjoyed most that uh, we think you should definitely check out. All right, so we're going to move into what we have been playing this week. And um, I kind of want to start because I've been playing a ton of Destiny's new expansion, The Warmind. Probably put at least a dozen hours into it over this last week when it dropped on Tuesday. And um, I'm really (laughs) conflicted on this DLC because it did so many things great that were just general quality of life things updates to destiny like they went back and made every exotic weapon which are like the best weapons in the game and like reworked so many of them and changed the way they work and made them all so much more powerful and so like you're not just bored using the same weapon anymore and now it's like oh i want to try to eat all these different weapons and you can upgrade all those as well and there's a lot more to work towards and unlock there's lots of cool different quests like there's a quest that I just unlocked today like a week after release that people just oh wow there's a whole new quest that out so there's looking like they're putting secrets back in a lot of different things they collect and do but like they've slowed like the progression down for like your character which feels like a really like kind of cheap like mobile game move almost where, like mm-hmm. you really have a checklist of four or five things to do in the week that really upgrades your character's light which is like your power and i want to do those four or five things you can't increase it until the next week and so <laughs>
1: So you can't progress.
0: Yeah, basically they're time-gating your progression and saying, hey, you gotta wait till next week before you can make yourself more powerful so you can do this cool endgame content that we have for you. And so, like, the raid that came out on Friday, like, most people weren't able to do. The Escalation Protocol, which is basically this massive horde mode that they've been touting as the best thing about this expansion, I haven't been able to do it. After seven attempts, we beat round one, barely. (laughs) But there's seven waves, and, like, you don't get anything for beating round one. So, like... There's been modes I haven't even been able to touch and won't be able to touch for a couple weeks, just because I have to wait because they want me to not get to a highlight level in three quickly. days. So yeah. that is probably the worst part about this DLC. But I will say, if you do are you, you are interested in Destiny, you want to you know play more Destiny, this is good for that. There are things to do. It does make Destiny a lot more fun, even if you don't have the expansion. Like they've added in rankings finally to like the PvP modes. There's, um, they
1: rebalanced a bunch of guns. And- yeah,
0: the rebalancing is really really good. Um, there's just lots of new stuff to earn and go out and do. So it does give you definitely reason to go back and jump in and play. I'm excited to get into those you know new modes that I'm not able to play yet. So I want, I really want to do those. But um, yeah, I mean, so far I think it's good. The campaign was okay. It had some cool moments, but it was kind of short. You fight the giant worm god at the end.
2: Spoilers.
0: I I did say I will say I played it. <laughs> Well, they, they advertise it. It's, yeah, it's, no. exactly long I you're know. fine. Uh, the whole thing takes like 45 minutes. It's not that long. Um,
2: okay.
0: So it's pretty short, the main story. But like, there's lots to do afterwards. Um, uh, well, I will say, I played through the main story three times. Like, it was good enough for me to warrant that. The last DLC that came out in December. I played through once. So like, I guess if that so tells you anything. So it's a step anything, in the right direction. It is definitely a step in the that right is direction. A good direction. It's better than the first DLC. I think we're gonna have to wait till the fall when we get something like the taking king again but really 2, Turn around Destiny yeah. 2. around Destiny 2, a lot of people have been who got to preview early access stuff for it said, "Hey, there's a new mode coming in the fall that's mind blowing, it's going to be really cool. Uh wait for the fall one if you're really looking for, you know, jumping on point. But if you currently have right. Destiny 2, you're you're wanting to get back into it, uh I definitely recommend it, but if you're not sure about Destiny, <laughs> Warmind's not going to change your mind and make it an amazing game. So,
1: awesome. So yeah, cool. I mean,
0: pretty fun, pretty fun, but uh not perfect,
2: for sure. Not perfect. Sweet. Um, well, I'll go ahead, because I know, Nathan, you have a review, so we'll let yeah, you do I'll that do last. i at the end. Um, I played uh, Halo Reach a little bit, kind of going back to my uh, 360. I'm in the process of changing over to a new computer, so I have not been able to play hardly any of my scene library, because I'm kind of moving save files and that sort of thing. Did default and, to the 360? Yeah, so I, I defaulted <laughs> to playing my PS4 and the 360 this week. Um so I played a little Halo Reach, played a little uh, NBA Two K Seventeen in honor of uh, playoffs going on right now, nice. and also because I was kind of annoyed with LeBron, so I went and beat him <laughs> thoroughly with several teams. Um, <laughs> um, but I also dreams. played. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Telltale Batman. Um, what
1: episode are you on now?
2: I'm in the middle of episode three right now.
1: Nice.
2: Things so, start getting a little hairy. Yeah. Yeah. So far. <laughs> Um, I've only there's only been one moment where I asked you if you want to play as Batman or Bruce Wayne. Oh, really? Okay. So, it, it hasn't been as many as I thought I might have to do, but I have play I played as Bruce Wayne because it felt more appropriate to the situation. So, it mm. was it was kind of fun to try it that way, but also I I think as far as like, you know, they have all the choices that you make,
1: mm.
2: I've been very boring apparently. I went <laughs> you and you compared have? my I compared my stats online, and apparently, I've made every predictable decision. Like the majority of people make the same decisions. <laughs> you as haven't me. made any bold well, decisions. Stop
1: being so predictable, and probably being a good go guy. On and live. It's like... a video game. Yeah, exactly. Well, Embrace see, your inner thing. Joker.
2: That's the thing. I'm kind of making decisions based off of how I think I might actually, because that's how you play this game. It's the first yeah. time at least. I make them off of how I think I might make the decision, and then I go on to the the standing, and I go, "Oh wow,
1: apparently, I'm average." so have you gotten to the point where you like make a decision and you're like oh my gosh i totally screwed that up like yeah i so regret that
2: yeah there's a there's a decision i made that i i don't know if i necessarily it's one of those decisions where it's like the walking dead where you're kind of like this is either a really bad (laughs) bad choice or a really bad choice yes and i made the one that i thought might be less of a bad choice kind of assuming based off of what i know of comics that this will turn out exactly how i expected to and it has so far and so i'm kind of like eh, that wasn't a terrible decision but i still kind of really regret it but i kind of was okay with it are but you going to a
0: is, romance Catwoman? duh <laughs> let's be careful i accidentally romanced her into a night of passion i did not mean to
1: <laughs> oh, I definitely me. meant to. She's a <laughs> Catwoman. What, how could I say no? I mean, it's
2: Catwoman and Batman. Things escalated very quickly. I'll say heaven. that. Yes, we'll
1: exactly. Be
0: Careful,
2: exactly.
1: So <laughs> nice. You play anything else besides uh, uh, lots of Batman, I'm Little
2: Age of Empires, 2 uh, too? Then playing the Conquerors expansion
1: actually. So this <laughs> there is, you go this top is five really DLC. What we've
2: been talking about because I feel like I was literally playing this just a few hours ago. <laughs>
1: Dude, I I actually redownloaded that game and played it a little bit last night. So I'm I really respect you.
2: I'm kind of in this interesting spot. I feel like I need to play it a lot more because I downloaded, I've bought and downloaded all of the DLC, the new expansion packs mm. that have come out, like the uh, the Forgotten Kingdoms and Rise of the Rajas. Yeah, the ones all, they
1: they release really re- released. Yeah, recently. so I have
2: all three of them and Conquerors and the Kings. And so. Much so to do. I'm I'm kind of like, oh, I should play a lot more of this. It's a really easy game to just sit down and play whenever. So, yeah, it is. And it's... with this new Steam app coming out. Yeah, good yeah. Luck Rob. Why, Why have you been in the bathroom for 2 hours?
1: <laughs> oh, sorry, honey. I I'm, I'm still going. <laughs> oh, oh right. gosh. All, All right.
0: right. Well, Nathan, <laughs> You have a little review for us. Uh, I know you've been playing a lot. Um, I do.
1: So I have a review of a Saturday morning RPG. Uh, I played it on the Switch, and uh, we did receive a free code for that. So I want to say thank you to the developers for that. It's by Limited Run Games is the publisher. Yeah, exactly. And it's a. Uh, um, so basically, the easiest way I can sum this up is: this is a '80s love letter. Ooh, um, I'm I'm listening now. <laughs> so the way the game works is it's a. RPG-like um, game, So you go around and you explore um, kind of like big areas and um, the, the game is split into five different episodes and you play each episode. Mm-hmm. Each episode can take you anywhere from 45 minutes to like an hour and a half. Um, because there's different areas that you can explore and do additional side quests and stuff like that in each area. Um, and so you have your little guy and you wander around and then you run into enemies and it brings up a random encounter. And the way it works, it's very RPG-like mechanics. Um, it has it's a turn-based battle, um, but the twist on it is that it's similar to games like the Mario and Luigi series. Where, oh, cool. so
0: it keeps you like, involved. In yeah, it keeps and you invel-
1: involved. So, like, you'll choose your attack, and then it'll be like, "Oh, you want to do this attack? Um, press A at this time to do more damage, or press awesome. A at the right time to block and do." Uh, and the art style is kind well. of similar to that, right? Kind of like um, a yeah, so bit type The art look. style is really interesting um, because all of the art, like characters and stuff you see, are all 16 bit kind of art, um, mm-hmm. sprite based. But then the environments you're explo- exploring are kind of rudimentary 3D worlds. Oh, okay. So um, hmm. it, it's kind of jarring at first. Like, I, I don't <laughs> love it. Uh, well. It doesn't mix together super well, I don't think. But the game is fun enough where I played it and I was like, eh, I can kind of look past this. Um, gotcha. Okay. That's enjoying it.
0: so, so It's almost kind of like a Paper Mario type thing, but instead of cute little paper characters, they're, like, pixely.
1: Yeah, they're pic- pixelated characters. You play as a high when, school student who finds yeah. this, like, ma- magic book.
0: So it's set in the 80s, or, like, does he time travel back um, in the 80s, or is it just 80s it just
1: It just seems like it's, it's in the 80s. Like, yeah. there's a ton of 80s references. Uh, you're, like, the first... The second level you play, you're like at his high school and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and there's a ton of 80s references just throughout the game <laughs> and stuff like that. What's, um, what's
0: one of your favorite references? Do you, do you remember, oh remember a good one? Uh, I mean,
1: I'm hoping the references are a little better than you know, Ready Player One or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I can't. Gosh, now I can't remember any off the top of my head. That's okay. But,
2: but, um, I know I was looking at some screenshots of it, and there's a really cool one where it looks like it's set in the Street Fighter world. Or like, you know kind of in that sort of style but with the different sprites for the like yes exactly so the something.
1: battle the battles look like Street Fighter because it's like a side view and you have um so that would be like a screenshot of an actual battle going on and then yeah, it'd be yeah. turn based and you choose uh the cool mechanics of this are basically every time you have a battle you have a notebook and you scratch out different stickers and those will give you random bonuses for that battle so hmm. like it'll up your health or it'll up your magic or it'll give make your attacks more powerful or give you better defense or something like that um and uh what else i have i haven't finished the game yet i've played uh four of the five episodes so i'm almost done but i'd say um if you wanted to play through this game entirely it'd probably take you like six seven hours so it's not super long there's also Mm. an arcade mode where you can kind of play random endlessly endless encounters and battles and stuff like that which is kind of cool gives you something Hmm. to do but doesn't um actually yeah like it's not really worth playing um unless you really really enjoy the battle system which is pretty good but it's it like I said it reminds me of Mario and Luigi
0: um, yeah I, I love like those that. Mario Mario like RPG type games and um, looks like this game is 999
1: in the e shop so it's yeah it's it's very like competitively priced for 10 bucks I'd say it's probably worth it and I, I would recommend it to people who like I said really enjoy RPGs in the 80s Um Kind of my overall would be review is Saturday morning RPG is an entertaining and funny RPG that's a little bit repetitive. Some of the battles can get really re- repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd recommend it to fans who love the 80s and have enjoyed games in the Mario and Luigi series. Um, right. So it's a short line. awesome. Yeah, check it out. Um, and check out, just go, if you're curious, I'd say go check out a video, see what you think, and then go from there.
0: Yeah, like on YouTube or something. Yeah. Yeah, and that's ten bucks. It's on the Switch. It's also on Steam, PS4, other places as well. Yes, I believe
1: it. I played on. It, it was perfect on Switch, though. So I actually played most of this game. Um, I was on vacation a couple weeks ago and played mm-hmm. a lot of it on a flight, and it was like the perfect oh, cool. game for flight, where it was like something to do, but it wasn't so intensive that I had to be focused yeah. on it at all
0: times. So it's not super like insane strategy like final fantasy
2: or fire no exactly exactly exact. like i don't it's really the, play. The,
1: the impressive thing is i had fun with this game and i don't really like rpgs especially turn-based ones but i enjoyed this so cool. awesome yeah. well thank you for reviewing that nathan yeah yeah you, been playing anything else um i have actually been playing a lot of other things um <laughs> continuing my playthrough of god of war i think i'm like two-thirds of the way done with that game um getting there Getting close. The game continues to ramp up, and the story gets more and more interesting, and it continues to feel more and more like a God of War game, I think. So. That's, that's so good to hear, awesome. because the
0: story did not capture me at the beginning. Like the intro kind of did, but then I kind of fell off about a third of the way through the game, and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about the story, but
1: when you say it really picks up towards the end and stuff, I'm excited to kind of explore that more when exactly. I get back to that game. And then this other game I want to talk about quickly is for you, Rob. It's called Tropico. And I don't know if you have played any of these games. I've been playing Trocico Five. Yeah, there.
2: I've heard of them. I actually have. I think I have one of them that I got for free that I have in my Steam library. That's a long ways down the alphabet so <laughs> yeah. to get there. But so, I have heard some really good things about. It's kind of like series, Age so. of Empires, yeah. So I've, yeah, I've been yeah, playing it's, Tropico it's an Five,
1: and it's a. Uh, I got it for free on PS Plus. It was free like a year ago or something like that. Yeah, and it's yeah similar to like Age of Empires or Civilization or something like that. You start off this island, you're kind of a, um, placed, um, and as appointment by like the King of England or something like that, you're the governor oh, so like and then colony. you can, yeah, you start your colony and you can expand and build it out and your goal is to continue to build it, eventually gain your independence and then, uh, just make your island really attractive for tourists to come and to make it really profitable and stuff like that. Mm. So that style of gameplay, I've been itching to play that kind of game lately. So yeah, yeah I've had a lot of fun with that. <laughs>
2: has yeah, your island been successful?
1: Or uh, Yeah, so far Is my island... Any disasters so far? I haven't had any disasters so far. I think I turned disasters on low because it's my first playthrough. Uh. So I haven't had anything crazy happen uh. yet. The volcano but, hasn't erupted yet? Uh, yeah, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm still only like maybe two hours in, so oh, okay. we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, don't play the Harry Potter mobile game, Mystery of Hogwarts, that came out a couple weeks ago (laughs) wow that bad straight up
2: right out of the gun don't this (laughs) is
1: the yeah skip of the week do not play this game i picked it up i love harry potter and i played it and i was like oh i'm excited like you get to play as a student at hogwarts could be cool i'd love a console version of this 15 minutes into it you get to this point where you're literally like okay i have to stop playing for like two hours or i have to pay money to continue the game 15 minutes into the game (laughs) like just when i was like okay this could be interesting it does that and i was like i'm out this game isn't right even in your fun. face with the paywall yeah exactly yeah disappointed stupid. disappointing for sure that's
2: frustrating because i know they've been chalking this game up for a while and I'm, yeah I've they were hyping it up i was
1: it. curious and excited i downloaded it the first day it came out and almost immediately was like oh nope <laughs> i guess we'll just have to
2: hold off for a better uh, universe type game for harry potter because yes you now come on we'll, Rock we'll, we'll call Katie. up well, Maybe that's they're not going to stop
0: making movies anytime soon, so they'll they'll keep keep making uh, Harry Potter everything until it stops selling, right? Yeah, probably. Yes, probably. Maybe Rock
2: City and Warner Brothers can work together and see if they can put together a good Harry Potter game.
1: I want Rocksteady see what they're working on after. Our Dude, that, I that could be an awesome E3 reveal. I I would hope for yeah. yeah. It's not going to be Batman, but it's going to be something that no one's really going to expect. Harry Potter. And, here it comes. Really, Harry Potter Superman there was a bunch of rumors of Superman yeah I would and love I would be very impressed because a Superman game. game would be I think very hard. hard to do obviously there's never really been a good one so yeah.
0: yep. what you do not like Superman 64
1: <laughs> even Rob didn't like it and he's like a 64 apologist
2: <laughs> I will defend many 64 games that's one where I say it, it, it belongs in a really good place the garbage <laughs> Wow!
0: All right, fair enough. Well, I think that wraps up our show for this week. Um, we're getting pretty close to uh, episode 100, guys. We've got about six more episodes, um, and we have a lot of fun giveaways that we're going to be doing to kind of celebrate uh, episode 100. Um, we've been kind of slowly building up a collection of games so we can give up a bunch of games to you guys, the listeners. So, uh, and we'll rank the top to
1: 100 Mario games, right?
0: Uh, we have to do at least the top 150. Uh, 100 is going to be uh, not, not diverse enough. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. Yeah, well, a lot some fun yeah. stuff,
0: so definitely look forward to that. And, uh, yeah, so we will leave you with the uh, main uh, theme from Destiny 2's Warmind expansion. Uh, have a great week, everyone. See ya.
2: See ya.